Hey, I'm Kevin Kaufman. I'm joined with Fred Weaver. We are your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast. Where five days a week you can get great real estate content. On Mondays, Kevin interviews a top rock star in the real estate space. Every Tuesday, we bring you industry headlines where we look back on the last seven days of news in real estate. Wednesdays and Fridays is iMinute where we talk about iBuyers in the real estate space. And Thursday, we bring you a weekly business tip. So listen to us anywhere podcasts can be listened to. You can watch most of these podcasts video form on YouTube and tune in five days a week. And make sure you connect with us on Facebook as well as visit kevinandfred.com and you can check out our referral guarantee, right Kevin? kevinandfred.com forward slash guarantee. We'd love to receive your real estate referrals here in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk with you soon. All right, Next Level Podcast listeners, uh, this is Kevin Kaufman, your host, and I am back this week with my host, Jeff Korn, the CEO of Virtuance. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you doing? Awesome, man. Well, first of all, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, really happy and excited for the conversation that you and I are about to have. That makes two of us. Yeah, I'm excited to have the opportunity. So thank you. No problem. Well, I obviously know who Virtu- Virtuance is because I've been a, actually been a customer for quite some time now pretty much since the first time I heard about you guys. I, m- I remember hearing about you in an office meeting I was at, uh, and I went back to my office and I went, guys, we need to check out this new company, Virtuance. And it wasn't but probably a couple of days later, we started working with you. And then because we have a real estate business across multiple cities and states, uh, we started to be able to work with you in multiple cities and states. So that's been really cool to watch your business grow and help have you help us grow our business. So I'm excited for this. Tell me, tell the listeners though that don't know what Virtuance is or, or who you guys are and what you are do. Give us the, give us the elevator pitch on Virtuance. Yeah, for sure. Happy to. So, well, first off, thanks for the, the kind words, Kevin. It's appreciated and, and uh, we love working with you guys. So um, Virtuance, we're a real estate photography and visual marketing partner. Um, and, and the reality is at the end of the day, we're a, we're a technology company um, that, that's is working hard to solve a couple different problems. Uh, one of the challenges that we saw with real estate photography in general is that it is generally inconsistent uh, and it, it lacks the kind of quality that, that realtors expect and, and so do buyers, right? And so um, we, we, were, you know, we, we were scratching our heads about this challenge. This is um, about nine years ago now when we, when we first founded the company and realized that um, there was a lot, there was this thing called artificial intelligence, which wasn't something everybody was talking about at the time. Um, but we're the first and, and up to this point, really only company that has taken uh, what we know we need real estate images to look like. Uh, and we have been able to produce them using artificial intelligence. So let me tell you specifically what that means. Yeah. We have photographers who go out and we're shooting properties. Um, and we're going to be delivering those, those images to you as a real estate agent so that you can market the property. Um, there are a lot of photographers who can do that. The difference is that what we really set out to do is understand uh, buyer psychology. So we could really understand what is it about an image that makes a buyer want to click on it. And then we were able to, over several years after researching that and really doing focus groups and research studies to know what makes the buyers click on the image, we were able to build technology that automates that process. So we know that every image that we ever produce has all the attributes in it that are making the buyer actually uh, take an action. In this case, look at an image and click on it. 
Um, and so, you know, I like to say we, we've brought the, we've combined the art of photography um, with the science of marketing. Um, and so if you, if you're familiar, Kevin, as I know you are with the concept of AB testing, mm -hmm. you know, in that, Hey, you want to put a bunch of different, a couple different things out, see what works best. What was so fascinating to us is that everybody AB tests everything in the world today. There's very little marketing that goes out into the world that hasn't first been tested to know how it's going to be received. And the one exception to that has been real estate marketing. Um, there's just, and specifically images, right? Like you just go out and you have a photographer shoot an image and then you say, oh, here, let's put it up and market this million dollar asset. But there's, hasn't been any testing to see, well, how's the, how's the public going to react to that? Is this the image that's going to get the most traction or not? Um, and that's what we did is we, we were able to build algorithms that basically take all the things we know are going to cause people to react in the way we want them to react. And we were able to bake those into every image that we ever produced. Okay. So I, I, so I've got so many questions now about yeah. that. First of all, why, <laughs> let's start with why, why this problem? Like you, I've seen your resume, man. You've, you've got a, an impressive background in business and a few other things. And um, so my, my question is why, why did you tackle this? Was it, was it the, the lineage of the family with the photography being there or because of your real estate background or something completely different? Um, well, it's a good question. I, I think that, you know, the, the reality is the, the answer is probably less sexy than, than you might think. I mean, it's, it's really sort of a, a classic kind of entrepreneurial um, journey, if you will, in that um, I was, uh, so I'll, I'll give you a high level through my career. Uh, my first career right out of college was as a television uh, news reporter. Um, I worked in a tiny little town. We can, t I can tell you all kinds of crazy stories over a beer or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but the reality is that um, I was in a, a tiny little town called St. Joseph, Missouri. And St. Joseph, Missouri in Northwestern Missouri has 80,000 people in it, or it did at the time. And my job was, um, I was an economic development reporter. And in a tiny town like that, economic development really means real estate. Um, so anytime there was some new development going up, anytime they were building new apartments, um, I was there and I was learning about that process. And, and I started to get to know a lot of real estate developers, a lot of real estate investors, um, and ultimately uh, realized I was having more fun hanging out with these, with these folks than I was doing my job. Um, so I, I ended up uh, coming back to Denver where I'm from. Uh, I went to uh, business school. Um, I actually got my real estate license as well. Um, and I, I, uh, Got, I focused my, my degree in, in real estate development. Um, and at that time, I then went to go work for a REIT for a while. Um, and I ultimately worked for a local developer. Um, so, so where the rubber meets the road is that I saw how much money we were spending on real estate photography. I saw um, what the process looked like. We would build these buildings. We, we focused on um, office buildings. So we would build um, office buildings and I saw that we had, you know, a line item in budgets of, in some cases, $20,000 for real estate photos. Um, granted, we had very, these were big buildings, we had big budgets, but $20,000 is $20,000. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Um, and what would happen is somebody would come to the property. Uh, they would bring two or three people with them, assistants, and uh, they'd be on site at the property for an entire day, sometimes more than an entire day. Um, and af after about... Uh, two or three weeks, 
we would then get delivered 10 or 15 images. And I, I, the images looked fantastic, they were awesome. But I always wondered what the heck happens between the time that this guy leaves our, our building and then three weeks later I get some images that look good. What happens? And I started doing some research into it um, and realized that there's so much manual labor that goes into taking an image out of a camera and, put, and having it be something that we actually wanna look at and that's marketable. And I think there's a lot of discussion even today about, oh, the cameras are getting better, so, so I don't need to do any of that anymore. And, and there's no doubt things have improved, but there is still a ton of work that is required to take an image from a camera and then have it be something that shows up on an advertisement or in a magazine or, or if I have my way on any image in the MLS, right? Um, so that's, that's the long answer to your short question, right? About how did we get here? I saw that that was an opportunity um, and teamed up with a partner, um, my, my co-founder, who I went to grad school with, and we, we just realized how little technology was being utilized in the space. Um, and it's funny because today, you know, we're still having some of those same conversations eight years later, nine years later. But, um, but that was it. It was that simple. It was just this tiny little problem that I got obsessed with. And uh, here we are, you know, nine years later, and it's, it's still my entire world. Interesting. Okay. So um, there's no doubt. I mean, when you just describe photography like that, I mean, I think we've all had the experience, right? Whether it was um, a wedding or something else important where there's an event where there, there's a photographer there for a long time and then we got a couple images back, right? And that it does blow my mind how, how that happens. And granted, I don't want to sit around and talk about photography forever. Um, how, like, how did you discover there, there was a way to use technology though, to make this happen easier? I'm, I'm going to use the word better. Um, because obviously the goal of it is to, for the buyers and, you know, for, from a marketing perspective, you want to catch people's attention. I, you know, I know anytime I sat down with a seller, I was told them I, you know, the first showing doesn't happen when they walk through the door, I've got to get them to walk through the door. And the way I do that is presenting it properly online first in, in my marketing. So how did you figure out, hey, there's a way to do that? Was it just because you got obsessed with it and you eventually got there? Or were you like, hey, this doesn't make sense. There's gotta be a better way. Um, so I mean, it, it certainly starts with that obsession, right? Um, there's, a, there's a book that I just finished reading called The Passion Paradox, um, which talks about all kinds of other things too that we won't go into, but, but it speaks to the fact that you, you kind of, if you know, you, any any time that you want to really make a, an impact, you need to become obsessed, <laughs> um, and that can be it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing, you know. And the book's really about, hey, how does that impact your life and your relationships and all of that? And um, so that's a topic for for another time, right? But uh, but the point is that yeah, I, be, I became really obsessed with it, um, and and did all the research that I could possibly do around that. Um, but the reality is if, if I took credit for the technology, then I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd be lying because the reality is that um, what we did is we found uh, the right person and the right people who shared our vision for what could be. Um, and I mean, long story short, we, we, I remember in our first year, we went to probably 13 or 14 different uh, 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 development companies, engineering companies, and said, here's our vision. What, what do you think? What can we do with this, right? How can we automate all of this? And, and wouldn't it be great if we could do that and this? And every single one of them, we just got shot down time after time. Um, I remember one meeting in particular where we had a, 
it was this web development shop that was so highly recommended. They were the top of the top doing the coolest things, cutting edge. And they looked at us and they said, um, how many tens of millions of dollars and how many years are you going to, to give us in order to produce this? And, and we just kind of laughed. We said, come on, there's got to be a better way, right? So ultimately, yeah, I mean, a lot of people told us you can't do this. It, it can't happen. Or it's going to cost, you know, $10 million or more just to have a prototype. Um, ultimately, what happened is fortuitously, I was introduced to um, my current business partner, um, who's our CTO. Um, and he's, he's a, um, a, technically speaking, a signal processing engineer. Um, and his background actually is in voice recognition technology. And in, in meeting each other, we recognized that there were a, a ton of similarities between the technology that he had developed, which ultimately became part of the prototype for Siri, um, his, initial, his initial prototypes. Um, wow. But we, re we recognized that that same technology could be utilized to recognize images. And if we can recognize images, then we can change them in ways that we want to change them um, to make them more marketable, more attractive um, in an automated way. And so that was the beginning of it. That was sort of the aha moment that was like, wow, now we know technically how we can go about this. And even from there, it was about a two year process of building that technology out with him and his team until we had something that really worked in the way that we, we wanted it to work. Um, and what does that look like in the meantime? You know, dirty little secret of entrepreneurship. It's this concept of you fake it till you make it. Um, and so what did it look like? Well, we knew what the images needed to look like because we had researched, we had, we had um, studied buyer behavior. We knew uh, what they were, buyers were telling us about what kind of images they wanted to see. We knew psychologically uh, even things they weren't telling us, right? That's, that's actually the easy part to understand. The hard part is building it out and having it work. Um, but we knew all that enough to the point where early days in the company, it was myself and my business partner out shooting properties. Um, and then as soon as we were done shooting, we would go to the computer and we would manually do everything that today a computer does automatically in a matter of seconds. But we did it manually over, you know, hours and hours and hours and a lot of late nights till two or three in the morning. Um, and then getting up at 7am and doing it all over again the next day, time after time. And I'm sure as an entrepreneur, you can relate in growing a business, but you know, you look back at those times and, and um, there's something really cool about that. And at the same time, um, yeah, I'm really thankful we got the technology built. <laughs> that, that's awesome. So you said something a few, like probably two or three minutes ago that I, I think is super important. And I think it speaks to success in any business, which is you found the right person. You got the, you got the right relationship. And, you know, as a, you know, as I mentioned before, we've scaled our, our real estate business across city and state lines. Uh, and have done that luckily with you guys uh, from a standpoint of being able to partner with you guys in multiple locations. Um, so uh, when you said that, that really stuck out to me because that's the key to, to scaling any business. In my opinion, it's the people first. People first kind of model is, models and systems are, are, are second, but they're a distant second. It's the people that that's number one. And so it sounds to me like you, you've obviously have figured that, that piece out too fairly early on. Uh, I mean, there's no question that, that, that it, I, I agree with you 110%. Um, it is the people. Um, you know, we say, I say every day, I remind myself, I remind our team that our most valuable resource walks out the door every single day. Uh, and what's my job? My job is to, to make sure they come back the next day, right? And, yep. and 
uh, as long as as long as um, we're creating an environment and a culture and we're valuing the people, um, then the, the world's our oyster. We can do anything together. Um, and so, I mean, that you know, that that gets into a lot of you know culture and values and things that are really important to us. And I know that that you share as well. Um, and and something that frankly I didn't appreciate or understand until maybe three years into the business, if not more. Um, but today, it's a hugely important piece of the puzzle. And and yeah, there's no question we wouldn't be what we are today without my business partner, um, Igor is his name. Shout out to Igor, and, uh, and and also our whole team. I mean, I you know another thing I often say is if I look back at the ideas that have shaped our company over the last eight years. Um, and I and I think about you know whose idea was that? Very rarely is that my idea. Very rarely are the things that were really impactful coming from me, right? And that's I think um, in some ways that that's the the evolution of a growing business. But that's what's so exciting. Our people and our team are the ones that are so impactful in everything we do. So okay, so that brings me to another question here. We we talked about you know, finding the right people and, and how those relationships are uber important in a business. But like me, we sell real estate. So we're a service-based business. Um, you're a service-based business too. It's just your client is me, right? Your client is the people listening to this podcast. It's other real estate agents. Um, how do you scale that across state lines and across city, you know, in different locations? Because what I've seen, I've seen a few other service providers attempt it and some even pull a little bit of a little bit of it off uh, but quite frankly most of them don't seem to be set up or have much success when it comes to serve scaling their service business now it's one thing if it's all digital but actually in your business somebody has to be on the ground to shoot the, the photos so it can't be all digital so it's significantly harder to scale so how do you what are the other things that you've done to be able to do that yeah, great question. So, um, you know, there, I can answer that on a couple different levels. One is that, um, you know, we made a decision uh, pretty early on that, that kind of bucked a lot of the trend of what we were seeing in the space. And that decision was that we weren't going to just scale as quickly as we possibly could. Um, a, lot of, a lot of companies, I think in particular in the environment with how much money is out there in the investment world and everything else today, um, uh, I guess I should knock on wood, right? That the, the economy continues uh, going in the right direction. Um, <laughs> is that um, there's a lot of pressure to just grow so quickly. Um, and, and the reality is that um, the question we ask ourselves, we meaning myself and my partners, is um, are we growing too quickly or are we growing too slowly, right? And I think that both of them are equally as um, problematic. And so I say all that because one thing is we've made sure that we're not growing too quickly. Um, and, the, and, the, and what that has looked like for us is that we, uh, we were operating, we're based in Denver, and we operated in Denver for four years before we even stepped foot anywhere outside of Denver. Um, the whole time that we were doing that, um, everybody and their mother was telling me, you know, you have an opportunity. What are you doing? If you really want to, you know, have an impact here with this business, then you should, you need to grow. Um, and, you know, it, it just, I, I, I don't know any other way um, of saying it than it just didn't feel right because we knew we had challenges that we needed to overcome first. Um, it, it wouldn't have felt good to uh, grow a product or grow a business that we hadn't first um, solved some of these challenges for. And so what that looked like is we spent three years building the systems 
uh, the team, the people, obviously, which is hugely important, um, and the processes, um, which I think are also very important in order to be able to scale. Um, and what that's done is laid a really solid groundwork for us to know that when we open a new market, we have it dialed in. We know, we know what's gonna work, we know what's not. We have all these other markets now to experiment with, to, to see, you know, test things out and know that we're, we're getting feedback from our clients that we can implement. Um, and so that's, that's the first piece is that when we, when we opened up in Las Vegas, which was our second market in 2014, we had four years of operating history um, where we were playing with technology, we had our team, we knew how to hire people, we knew, um, and we just had these systems down. So all it was at that point was, okay, we're, we're pushing a button, you know, um, so to speak, to, to open that up, to, to, to open up some other opportunity. Why, I got to ask, like, why did you go to Las Vegas? Because uh, I love craps, Kevin. I love it. Well, me too. But, yeah. uh, which is precisely the reason I don't want to take my business back there now. Uh, I, I joke now that um, with people that I've been to Las Vegas more times than anyone I know without having stepped foot on the strip. Consecutive, <laughs> like, you know, eight or nine consecutive trips to Las Vegas. Um, in all seriousness, though, uh, you know, we, we look at a number of, of metrics, right? Obviously, from our business standpoint, we care a lot about how many listings are there in a market right? Um, you know, real estate agents hire us to, to shoot their listings and to deliver, you know, high quality marketing materials. And we need to know that there's enough listings that we can, we can work with to, to make the model work. So that's the first piece, but we get really detailed about it too, where we're looking at, um, we're looking at weather, we're looking at uh, the angle of the sun in certain, in the locations, we're looking at the terrain, we're looking at the traffic um, at different times of day, we're looking at um, you know, uh, a whole host of things. We're looking at what the photographer community looks like in that market um, to make sure that, that we've got a solid team that we can build on the ground there. Um, and we're looking at what's going on in the real estate space, right? Um, yeah, go ahead. So you're not just going, hey, they're, they're, here's a city where I got some leads, like I should go there? Not exactly. No, I mean, leads, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, I'll be perfectly honest with you that the initial markets that we went to, um, we spent a lot more time uh, really dialing in, making sure we had every good reason to be there. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's, there's more risk relative to, to what's going on in the business when you're going to one market and it's one of two, as opposed to, you know, going to 30th or 31st market that we just moved into when we already have 30. Um, but, but no, I mean, it, it's about having a plan, right? I think that um, one thing, that that always surprises me is when when folks are making relatively large business investments without really having that plan in place um and we've made a ton of mistakes there's a lot of things that we um like i'll, I'll tell you one right off the bat with las vegas when we went into las vegas as with all the things that we knew we didn't know <laughs> we, we found out the hard way that we couldn't actually have access to the lockbox codes um, directly from the MLS or from the association, right? So like that's something that you'd be like, geez, guys, you'd think we would know that, right? Um, so shame on me. Um, but so, so, I mean, there are those mistakes, right? And we, and we pivot, we find ways to, to make things work. But, um, but the reality is, yeah, I mean, we've got a plan. Um, and, and we've been, I think I'm very analytical, which is, is both good and bad. My business partner is incredibly analytical um, and, and technical. So he's able, you know, we're, we're looking at things that other companies just aren't paying a lot of attention to, which is like, for example, we know, um, 
how, you know, the average time it's going to take us to get from point A to point B in real time in any given city based on the, the density of the city, the population density, based on what the infrastructure looks like. We're looking at how much money is being invested in local infrastructure so that we know that as infrastructure deteriorates, are we going to see improvements so that we can be in that market a long time and know that we can still get our photographers from point A to point B. Um, so it's, you know, it's fun because it, it allows you to really create that story of, hey, what matters when you go into that market? Awesome. So, and the point I was trying to drive home there is obviously you're, you're looking at a lot of things. I love the fact that you spent four years just in one location and then, then went to the second location and really took the time to, um, I don't want to say perfect because I don't think we ever really arrive at perfection, right? But you certainly got a lot further down the road rather than just, you know, I, I see a lot of agents, I talk to a lot of agents who they're expanding because they think it's cool or because they think they should. Uh, because they know people in this town that they used to live in uh, or, you know, they could pull a couple of deals a year or something like that. And, you know, it's just, it's such the wrong way for going about growing a business. And so I, I love that uh, the way you, the way you guys have really attacked that and, and really gone after that. And did you say 31 markets now? Yeah. Yeah. We're in, we just, we opened up our 31st city um, beginning of this year. So, wow. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's, it's fun because, um, you know, we're able to, to really experiment and learn from each market and, and we're getting better um, along the whole way. So I think, I mean, that's another piece of it is that um, what, what we really pride ourselves on is that um, we track what we, an NPS score. Um, right. And so I'm, I'm, I know you're familiar with that for, for folks who may not be familiar with that, you know, it's the net promoter score, which is a, a widely used and widely accepted metric of, of you know, how well, um, what, what potential growth could look like for a company, but it's based on how your customers rate the experience they've had. Um, so we're asking one question, right? Which is, uh, the NPS question is how likely would you be to refer, uh, this business in this case, virtuance to your friends or colleagues. And what's so cool, what I'm so proud of our team for is that as we have grown, that number has continually and steadily increased. So our metrics are getting better. We're actually creating better experiences as we scale which is so um, different from what typically happens in a service business. It's the reason why most people, you know, if they have an opportunity to get into a product business or a, or a SaaS business or, you know, monthly recurring revenue, they're going to do it because it just seems easier. Right. Um, but uh, you know, the technology never has a bad day, whereas people can. Um, but the reality is that we've, we've worked so hard at learning from the mistakes that we've made in certain markets to improve um, and our technology to, is built so that the more images that come through the system, the more the system learns. So our images are actually getting better as we get more and more images, which is the exact opposite of what tends to happen in a typical photography service model, where it's like, now, now I'm adding, you know, another photographer, gosh, what if that guy doesn't know how to process the images as well? Or what if, you know, there's all these other people in these moving pieces, we're able to do that through the technology and know that it's going to actually work better. That's awesome. Yeah, I would think that that's a big deal is that um, when you've got people involved, like in, as the wider you go, like you guys have the, the obvious sort of potential pitfall would be, hey, the, actually the images could get worse. But in your case, because you guys are using a, a technology approach to it with, with AI and whatnot, you're actually getting better at it with probably every single picture that's processed is my guess, because it just gets a little bit better every day. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, that really is what what it is. I think. I mean, the only the other thing that I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on with regard to just creating success in in scaling and growing. Um, for me, and this is something. I mean, I I harp on. You know, our team is. I'm sure so sick of hearing me talk about it, but it's it's about um, what I call the definition of disappointment. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because if there's one thing that matters more than anything to us, it's we never want anyone to be disappointed um, in anything we do. So if, if it's our customer, we don't, we don't want to disappoint a customer. If it's our, our employee, we don't want to disappoint an employee. If it's a home seller or home buyer, we don't want them to be disappointed about anything either. Um, and so the first question that we have to ask ourselves, if we don't want to be disappointed or we don't want anyone else to be disappointed is what is disappointment, right? How do we define that? And, um, you know, we're, we're really, um, keen on the fact that we, we've defined that very simply. Disappointment is, um, unmet expectations. Um, and, and so, so then you start to have another conversation about, okay, what are the expectations and what we find, um, or have found is that so many people um, in business, ourselves too, from time to time, we've been guilty of it, don't do a good enough job of setting expectations. And if we can't set the expectation for our client, then how the heck are we going to meet it or let alone exceed it? Um, and so we're sort of setting ourselves up to have our customer be disappointed. And the reason I go into all that is because I, I see the same thing that, that you see, Kevin, where you know, people are excited about growing their business for the sake of growing their business. Um, and, and there's, there's fun in that and it's exciting and all that. And at the same time, if, if we're growing at the cost of our clients, meaning that we're just setting ourselves up to have them be disappointed because we're not able to meet our promises or we're not able to do whatever the expectation is that we set, we're, we're not going to be successful. So you know, the other way to say it is slow down to, to go fast, right? Yeah. Where we, we were really, we were keen on that, where we say, hey, we, we need to make sure we know what we're doing before we start throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall in other states and hoping that it sticks. Um, so that, that's the key, you know, one key lesson I've learned is we need to make sure we can define uh, disappointment. We need to make sure that we're setting an expectation very clearly for the client and that we're holding that, up, upholding that every time. Awesome. So one of the other things I wanted to get into before we, before we wrap up today was just kind of, you know, we, you and I talked a little bit offline about the rapid change of pace in our industry and everything that's happening, um, things that are going on. And, you know, there's definitely, a, there's a lot of people out there, I'll say pontificating around what's going to happen in the future in real estate, right? There's probably because more than ever, there's, there's more real money and real technology trying to for lack of a better word, and to use the buzzword, disrupt the way business is done in real estate today. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, my crystal ball's broken, uh, so I stopped trying to use it. But I'm curious as to as to where where you see things going uh, over the course of the next I don't know three, five, ten years. Sure. Um, so you, you think I just got a brand new crystal ball? Huh? I was hoping yours was working because mine broke, so I dropped mine. Yeah. My, my, we'll see. I mean, you know, in a few years, I'll let you know how it works. But, um, you know, I think, I think it was uh, Bill Gates who said that, um, you know, we, we often, um, un, we overestimate the change that will occur in two years, but we underestimate the change that will occur in 10 years. Um, and I, I think that is, is so true. Um, it's, we have history to, to show for it, right? Um, 
so yeah, I mean, gosh, if I, if I had a, a nickel, right, for every time I heard people in real estate these days talk about, oh, the change that's coming or that is here or, or whatever it is, um, we'd all be rich. But the reality is that um, I am a big believer in the fact that, yes, things will change. And, and then we can talk about a few different levels of this, obviously. We can talk about like the real estate model and the agent model and brokerage and, and the relationship with the buyers and sellers. But we can also talk about technology. Um, our space obviously is, is, um, has a lot of money and technology coming into it too. Um, and our space being you know, visual marketing and how properties get marketed. Um, so I'll touch on the first first and then I'll, then I'll talk about real estate marketing. But um, I, I think that there's just so much opportunity for different models out there. And I think that's what everyone get, you know, what, what I, frankly, I shake my head out a little bit because it's hard for me to understand is when um, people pontificate about uh, that, you know, this model is going to win or that model is going to win. The reality is there are 6 million houses in, in just the United States that sell every single year. Um, and to think that they're all going to sell in the same way or be bought in the same way is, it seems a little foolish to me. Um, you know, the best example I can think of that just it comes to mind off the top of my head, and maybe it's not the best example, but it's what I'm thinking about right now, is look at, look at like the, the travel industry, right? Um, and so we've, we've uh, you know, if we look at travel and, and obviously we have some players in real estate now with Zillow that have been in the travel space as well. Um, but you look at like Expedia and what they did and all that, and you could say, well, geez, there's travel agents are done. There's, why would you ever have a travel agent? Well, you know what? My mother uh, still uses a travel agent every single year to plan a family vacation. And I shake my head at her every year because that's not the way I would want to do it. But the reality is that if she wants to use a travel agent, she can, they're still out there, right? Um, fewer people today want to use a travel agent than did 15 years ago. But that opportunity is still there for that person. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, and there are a million ways in between. If I want to say, hire, you know, Apple vacations and buy a package, then I can do that. And it's one stop. I click one button and Apple vacations is going to give me this package. They're going to put me on a plane. They're going to have my car there when I get there, but it's not a travel agent. If I want to do it all myself, I can, right? If I want to go to Airbnb, I can't, there's a bunch of models out there. So who are we to think that, oh, real estate has to go to this one model. So that's high level. What I see happening in that regard, where I see there being different models for different folks. Um, and, and there's no question though, that, that I think some of what we're seeing, a lot of what we're seeing now, that's the traditional brokerage model will dissipate. Um, just like we saw the traditional real estate agent model dissipate, um, for in some cases, good reasons, right? Um, the, on the flip side of it, where we're talking about real estate technology and, and marketing, you know, uh, we hear a lot about, well, I'll say that what we try to do is separate out. The, the wheat from the chaff in the sense that we're trying to separate the shiny objects, the fun things that look really cool and seem like cool technology from the things that actually help sell houses. Um, and there's so much talk these days about new technology that's so cool. I mean, it was only four years ago, maybe five years ago that everyone was talking about QR codes. <laughs> when was the last time you heard someone talk about how cool a QR code was now? Right? That was only like five years ago. That was so like... And, and, and so it's like, okay, cool, how cool. But what does it actually do for my buyer, for my seller, for me? And, and the fact is it did nothing. And that's why it didn't go anywhere, right? There's still QR codes. Does it help me any, in any way? Not really. Um, 
So today I look at that and if I, if I have to say, you know, one technology that falls in that category, to be frank, um, it's, it's virtual reality. Um, and I know that's kind of like, like iconoclastic. It's like, you know, that's where everyone's saying the future's going to go. But um, what's really interesting to me, and we spend a lot of time thinking and talking about this because it directly impacts how homes are marketed. And we want to offer the best thing that's going to help a home sell. Um, and our job is twofold. It's to get showings and have, the, and have, um, have more showings so that the house sells faster for more money. That's it. That's all we're trying to do. So the question we ask is, does it help get showings, right? Um, and the reality is that when we look at virtual reality today, there's no, no evidence that it actually is doing that. Um, in fact, there's reasons to think that it's, that it's uh, having the opposite effect. You know, the fact is if I can see everything online that I want to about a house and I can go in any direction and look around, then do I need to go there? Right. The only reason I need to go there is if I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I love everything I'm seeing. But if I see anything that isn't attractive to me, then it gives me a reason not to go to the house. And the last thing I want to do as a marketing professional is give someone a reason not to go look at my product. Right. So there's that. The other thing that's really interesting is um, virtual reality technology has been been out in the market for 15 years. Like the techno, if not more, the technology that we're seeing come to market today, it's been available for 15, in some cases, 20 years. It's gotten a lot better, but um, the movie industry is some, is one of the first industries that had some of that technology. Um, and if you ask, and you can find online interviews with producers about why has virtual reality, why don't you go to the theater and everyone puts a virtual reality headset on and watches a movie in any way they want? Because that would be really freaking cool, right? And the reality is that any these movie producers will tell you the last thing they want is to have the viewer be able to come up with their own story. Because what's the director's or the producer's job? Their job is to tell the story. Yep. And if I'm telling a story, I'm selling something to that viewer. And I want to be in control of what I'm selling to them. So if they are sitting in a world where they can just look anywhere, they, they can make up their own story which in most cases isn't the story I want them to know about, but it's also really can, can get them lost, right? And I'm talking about like fi figuratively lost in the movie, but literally lost in a house if you're doing it online. So the reality is that I believe strongly that a real estate agent's job when it comes to marketing a home is to tell a story that supports what the seller is trying to achieve, right? You work for the seller as a listing agent, Let's get, that, let's get the most interest in that home as we possibly can. Let's show off all the amazing things about it. And let's get a bunch of people into that door. Because the question I always ask is, how many homes have you sold without the buyer walking through the front door until you hand them the keys, right? Like that, you know, it, it could happen in the future, but it's even with technology, it's still the biggest investment most people ever make in their lives. So, so I, that's my, you know, me on my, uh, with my, with my, trumpet, right? Talking about what I think could happen. It's just, um, there is some level of uh, frustration when I see, um, when I see buyers and sellers, well, in this case, sellers and listing agents, uh, spending money on things that don't necessarily have an impact for their client or for them. That's yeah. where, where we say, hey, there's a better way, right? And, and we're always looking for what is that better way. Um, but virtual reality, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. My crystal ball is about as broken as yours. We'll find out 
when people are playing this back in five years, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that though. I, I I would definitely tend to to agree and be more in your more in your camp when it comes to that thought process. Um, you know, who knows though? Like I always say, only time will tell, and uh, I'm sure we'll 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 keep track of that over the next few years and see what happens. I want you to send me this video, Kevin, in five years, right? And we'll uh, we'll go from there. I'll boomerang it. I'll just send out a boomerang, uh, schedule it for five years out. So, well, awesome, Jeff. I appreciate you taking the time to spend some time with us today. Tell us, telling us about your business and some of the lessons you've learned in scaling uh, the service business of what sounds unsexy, real estate photography and marketing, but truthfully, is a super important thing to what we do as realtors every single day. Uh, you know, again, going back to what I always say to, to homeowners, which is uh, the first viewings online, which means I've got to put my best foot forward there if I'm going to get them to walk through that front door. And while, yeah, some transactions happen without the buyer coming through the front door, the vast majority of those cancel. Like yeah. the, the ones that do happen like that, those fall, their fallout rate is so high. And so I'm just still a big believer in the end user is going to walk through that front door prior to going into contract right right so yeah no i hear you it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but i think a lot of it has to do with just the psychology of buying real estate you know exactly and i mean just the psychology of consumers and, and where things are going and so I, I appreciate you uh taking the time guys um if you haven't take a look uh at virtuance jeff what's the best place for people to catch up with you is it there's somewhere online social media that is a good place or or elsewhere what what would be the best way for people to find you yeah, so I'll be perfectly honest. I'm I'm sort of a curmudgeon when it comes to social media these days, right? Being a, even though I'm I'm relatively young, I uh, <laughs> not a big not a huge fan of being on it all the time. So uh, I'll give you my email, which is jeff.corn at virtuance.com, and and anyone can feel free to to get in touch with me there. Um, and then uh, we're we're online at virtuance.com as well. You can see all our all of our uh, social handles there as well. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again very soon. Thanks a ton. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you as well. Talk to you soon. Take care. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this, go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.